This episode of Takeaway is brought to you in part by California Food Service Instant Rebates. You could save up to $4,000 per unit on high efficiency commercial food service equipment. In this time of need, the industry is building new restaurants and creating new concepts, and it needs equipment. You'll be able to choose from a variety of qualifying products and get valuable instant rebates as a discount on your invoice. No paperwork, no waiting. Find a participating dealer in qualifying products at caenergywise.com slash instant rebates. That's caenergywise.com forward slash instant dash rebates. Hey there, welcome to Take Away with Sam Okus, a podcast from Nation's Restaurant News. I am Sam Okus, Editor-in-Chief here at NRN, and this is the show where I give you an all-access pass to the restaurant industry's most influential decision makers. This week, I'm talking to Paul D'Amico. He's a restaurant industry veteran who is now CEO of Fuzzy's Taco Shop, a Dallas-based fast casual with about 150 locations in 17 states, the majority of those being franchised. Paul and I had a chance to sit down face-to-face in Austin, Texas at COEX, an event put on by the International Food Service Manufacturers Association. And Paul and I talked about the potential that he saw in this brand when he joined eight months ago, the strategy he's using to double its store count in the next four years, and the holding company that he helped launch, Experiential Brands, that aims to acquire other exciting concepts. Before I jump into that conversation with Paul, remember that there are many other ways you can engage with NRN's award-winning content. Not only can you subscribe to our monthly print edition and daily AM newsletter at nrn.com slash subscribe, but you can also subscribe to NRN's other podcast, Extra Serving, where our editors discuss the hot button issues of the day and we share interviews with a wide variety of restaurant personalities. On this week's episode, I join our editors, Leanne Zinsmeister and Holly Petrie, for a conversation on President Biden's attempts to regulate cryptocurrency and restaurants' response to the war in Ukraine. Plus, you can hear another conversation that I had at COEX, this one with Donna Tuttle. She is the Group Director of Brand Communication and Culture at Whataburger, and she talks all about the labor crisis and how to recruit and retain top employees. Speaking of COEX, we are back from that event in Austin where we spoke to several restaurant executives about many things, but especially about navigating the challenges of labor, supply chain, and inflation. You're going to find those conversations here at Takeaway as well as over on the extra serving feed. So make sure you subscribe to both shows to stay on top of all of those valuable conversations. We are also back out on the road later this month, heading to Dallas for the Women's Food Service Forum's Leadership Conference. Conference. If you're coming to that event, we will have a podcast lounge set up there welcoming guests for live interviews. So please come say hello. If you're not coming to Dallas, make sure you follow along by subscribing to both Takeaway and Extra Serving. Plus, check out our social media feeds for some extra goodies. Okay, jumping now into my interview with Paul D'Amico, CEO of Fuzzy's Taco Shop. Also, don't forget to stick around after the interview as I will share my five takeaways from this discussion, actionable insights that you can take with you on the go. 
Paul D'Amico, CEO of Fuzzy's Taco Shop. Paul, thanks for taking some time to chat today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you have been at Fuzzy's for less than a year, right? Eight months. Okay. So what is your, you come into this concept, what what would excited you about Fuzzy's? Uh, I, I always lead with the food. Um, and before I ever join an organization, I go and eat at the restaurants. And I was truly amazed because I had never eaten in a Fuzzy's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was amazed at the quality of the food. And then as I as I joined the company and learned more and got into the back of the house, I was amazed that the, the from the from scratch cooking that was taking place was was what drove the, the quality of, of their their final product. So I led with the food. Yeah. And this is kind of an irreverent brand, right? There's kind of a funky personality to it. Define for those who have not been to a Fuzzies what, what the concept's all about. Um, well, what we like to say is make every day badass. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's kind of our tagline, if you will. Um, but we are, we are a Baja taco concept. Certainly the, the menu is very broad, but we're known for our entry-level price point uh, Baja tacos, which are 2 and $3.00. Um, full bar, um, full frozen margarita bar. Um, and when you think about our, our sales to beverage ratio, we're in that 25% range. So it's a pretty high liquor mix yeah. um, for a, 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 what I call a modified fast casual concept. Yeah. I mean, that, that sort of between and between the fast casual and casual service here, right? Because you're counter service, but you also have a experience and product of a casual dining kind of chain. Um, what is that? How has that been affected the last two years? Because do you rely pretty heavily on the dine-in? We did. Um, we did rely heavily on the dine-in. And I think that, that our service model, um, when the dining rooms were open, lend itself to the to the pandemic because you won't find servers on the floor mm-hmm. you go to the bar you order your food you get your drink you go sit down we call your name you go to the expo window you get your food and you sit down so from a labor perspective it's a very efficient concept mm-hmm. um and, and we'll continue to um we'll continue to evolve that um as we as we grow um as we grow the restaurants okay yeah, and what are some other ways you guys have evolved as a brand? I mean, I imagine like everybody, you got into the digital stuff pretty heavily. Yeah, we were we were in the digital space, um, but but our digital sales and third party sales were in the twelve percent range. Okay, um, they grew to forty six percent, and our curbside made up the rest. So we did not actually underperform from a comp sales perspective through the pandemic. I think we were down a half a percent. Um, so the so the consumer continued to use us. And it was primarily curbside and third-party delivery. Okay. What do you see as being the potential in the brand? You said talked about, you know, leading with the food, and that was what interested you to this concept. But also, when you started at Fuzzies, it was, you know, it had already been through the worst of the pandemic, had validated that this is a concept that can continue to grow. What's the potential then that when you come in as CEO, you want to explore? Growth. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my, my goal in the next four years is to take this brand from 150 to over 300. Um, and it's been an amazing eight months. Um, just in the first two months of this year, we've sold over 100 franchises. Wow. And so that in itself, we're, we're well on our way to doubling the size of the company. Those will open over the next three or four years. Um, but we're attracting a whole new level of franchisee to the brand, a much more sophisticated 
uh, a much higher net worth um, individual. Uh, because now if you want to buy a Fuzzy's franchise, you're buying a minimum of five and you have to have restaurant franchising experience to be in the to be in the consideration set. Sure. Yeah. So franchising being a key to the growth here, what kind of a franchisee do you look for and, and how much of that demand has ramped up because of the last couple of years we've been through a lot of restaurants are talking about how much franchisees you know that's helped them in their franchising efforts because of all the people who are looking for this new transition yeah i mean we've heard we've heard and we've exhausted the words pent up demand yeah um from a consumer perspective but that pent up demand was also there from a franchisee perspective that wanted to get in and diversify their portfolio and we're we're, we're reaping the benefits of that now we're not only seeing organic growth with our existing franchisees but we're seeing some real um, significant franchisees that are signing 50 and 30 and 20 store deals um, and, and are continuing to diversify their portfolio yeah i know that you have uh, a lot of experience in the franchise space what what's key to you in the franchise or franchisee relationship how do you maintain that what are you looking to do in terms of improving that for fuzzies you know, one of the things um, about NRD Capital, which is founded by Aziz Hashim, um, you know, he's he's been a franchisee his entire life, and now he's running franchise brands. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to be running one of those brands. Aziz was one of my franchisees back in the Mose days in 2007. Wow. So I have always been a franchisee first leader, if, if that's even a term, mm-hmm. um, because I believe that they're the ones that are going to grow the brand. And if I want to run an asset light franchise model i have 150 company stores i uh, sorry 150 franchise stores and two company stores um i've got to be franchisee friendly mm-hmm. and so building that relationship to find the right franchisee and then maintaining that relationship as they start to grow your brand is, is key to the success of them and of us sure now i know another way you're looking to grow is you guys have this group now where you're looking to acquire brands tell me where that's at and why that's a part of the strategy yeah um when aziz and i first started talking about this uh, it was to to develop a, a holding company that's called experiential brands we believe fuzzies is an experiential brand and so that is the first the first concept that we put into that into that holding company we're going to look at brands that truly have an experience they're not just a dining experience mm-hmm. there's some form of an experience when you dine there and you want to go there because of the experience so mm-hmm. we're looking at everything from from breakfast concepts to other fast casual bar centric and non-bar centric um, brands. Yeah, it feels a little bit like zigging while others are zagging here because so much of the attention being on off premises and you know delivery, et cetera, et cetera, and the virtual brands, you guys are going the other direction. What? What's why? What do you see the potential as there? Because I think that pent up demand is going to be for years to come, mm-hmm. and and people are going to want to get back into that dine out experience, not just third party delivery. I, I think that that's going to wane over some time. Mm-hmm. As you acquire brands, you build out a group. I imagine you start to then have collective resources you can share with franchisees. You can also have them franchise across the portfolio. Is that kind of the goal? It's it's always the goal to leverage the corporate team as we build out the experiential brands team. Um, And certainly there's always the benefit of cross-pollinization from from a Fuzzies franchisee to whatever those brands are that we're going to acquire for sure. Sure. You have a timetable for what you're looking for? We're actively looking now. We're actively looking now at four different acquisitions and you know everybody thinks their valuation is a billion dollars and that's that takes time (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say all right so let's get into some of the challenges facing the industry today so you and i are here at uh, coax in austin a lot of talk about of course supply chain inflation labor is such a huge um, piece of the conversation to everything going on right now in restaurant industry 
Let's start with labor. What's Fuzzy's approach to labor? How are you able to make sure that this labor crisis that's going on isn't going to you know, affect the brand too negatively? I think uh, it's, it's difficult, right? Uh, because there's just not enough employees to staff I think anybody's restaurant. So, mm-hmm. we're, so we're looking at things like modifying hours, like many of our competitors are doing. Mm-hmm. We're modifying the menu in some locations. Um, we're starting to see labor come back, but it, but it's going to take some time. Um, and and our franchisees um, are frustrated with that. We're frustrated with that. But I think um, if I could point to something positive about that, the consumer is being. Um, very understanding with this. Mm, mm-hmm. And so this is not like we don't experience you and I in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. We used to order something from Amazon. It was there the next day. Now we're lucky if it shows up in 11 days. And if it shows up in nine, we're happy. <laughs> right. right. So so we're seeing that same dynamic uh, in the restaurant. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you said that this is getting a little bit better. What do you see for labor down the next couple of months, rest of 2022, do you see this getting a little bit easing up a bit? We're seeing we're seeing it ease up a little bit. It's we're not we're not anywhere close to fully staffed, um, and our franchisees are not. I mean, again, I have two company stores, and we we see this um, as well. So, the biggest challenge today is 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 the cost of of overtime. I mean, we're already at that twelve and fifteen dollar an hour. And time and a half on that is is fairly significant. But yeah. listen, we've got to keep the restaurants open, right? Because the volume is there. We've got to just figure out ways to capture it. How much can you focus on the efficiencies of labor to help the, your labor issue? And, and then how much does t- technology play a role in that? Because it feels like there's so much tech coming out that you can automate some of this stuff. Do you look at that? There's really nothing that we can automate um, mm-hmm. in our restaurants. I mean, w- the good news for us is that um, third-party delivery s- is still strong. And so the, the back of the house can, can fully support the restaurant with the third-party drivers. Um, the bartenders and the skilled um, areas of our business are the biggest challenge right now. And when you have a, a 25% bar mix, that's you can't not have bartenders, right? You, just you don't want to get that robot bartender. That- I'm really not no, <laughs> someday, someday in the future. All right, so well, let's talk about supply chain. That's been an issue too. Let's keep it right ahead. Uh, but supply chain, obviously, a, a, a big part of this as well. And I imagine you're facing rising costs on all fronts. So how do you navigate that? I, I think, um, well, we're, we're navigating it. And I thought that the the team today with um, Dot Foods and Benny Keith did a great job. Um, I think what they said. Let's just be honest with each other because mm-hmm. it's the fran- in a franchise community. They they just they're looking for someone's head to crack, right? Mm-hmm. And if it's not the franchisors, then it's got to be the suppliers. Mm-hmm. And when they use the word suppliers, they're talking about the distributors. And the distributors are saying, "Time out! It's not us. It's the manufacturers." And the manufacturers are saying, "Time out! Mm-hmm. I don't have enough pl- employees to kill all the chickens that you guys need." So right. you know, it it goes all the way downstream. And I think today, and again, I think the consumer understands this because they're seeing it too. Um, and it's just something that is, is it's menu change happens on a daily basis. Now. Yeah. We used to have 86 boards. Now we now they're giant. Right. Some days we just don't carry a specific product. So when the supply chain is, is a bit crippled and then you find out that there's no avocados mm. in America <laughs> and then you and you're a Mexican concept. So it's, it's, it's a challenge. And I think it's going to get, you know, there was there was some optimism in the room today and I think it's going to get worse because mm. we haven't seen um, delivery costs rise as a result of gas prices yet. And that's coming right. next week. Right. 
I mean, gas right now is seven dollars a gallon in California, yeah. and that is going to kill these truckers. Right. And we're gonna we're gonna see that. So it's gonna it's not gonna just be I didn't get my four hundred pounds of chicken. I got a hundred pounds, but it came at a cost of three x. And so that's the challenge. Yeah. How much can you? I know so much of when it comes to supply chain, so much of this is future thinking and long term planning, and it just doesn't feel like you can do much of that with all of these things going on. How you're much in, do you do you're that? Not in, you're not in control of it. Right. Right. You're not in control of the manufacturers you're not in control of the drivers um, so you 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 are at their mercy and you you get what they take mm -hmm. you know two three years ago if the driver showed up at lunchtime you sent them away mm -hmm. now they show up at lunchtime you're thankful that Jay, they just showed they up, showed up yeah. and they have one case of lettuce for you mm -hmm. so it's a it's a whole different way of thinking about the supply chain and it's just something we quote unquote have to deal with uh, for the foreseeable future. So it's just rolling with the punches. I don't, I don't know what as a as a as a franchisee or a franchisor, I'm really not sure there's any technology that's going to get at that. I think it all comes down to do each of these layers of the supply chain have the people they need to execute? And the answer is no right now. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to complicate that with fuel prices. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's going to last the rest of this year. Wow. So let's start, try to talk about more cheery things. Yeah. What, what, what is, what, what's good? What's something to be excited about for Fuzzies right now? I mean, it seems like everybody I'm talking to, sales are at least going through the roof. So what? what... Comps, comp sales are double digits yeah. for sure. Um, and that's, and, and again, that's, that in itself I think is amazing because there's not enough employees in the restaurant and there's not enough food in the restaurant. So, so we're, we're making it happen, if you will. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I see that across the board. So that, that the pent up demand continues to be there. Uh, we're executing as best we can. Um, and on, and on, the, and on the, another positive side, there is lots of energy around buying more franchises mm -hmm. and opening more restaurants. I mean, for, for Fuzzy, Fuzzy's is a brand that normally opens you know, between five and 10 locations a year. This year we're going to open 18 and next year we're going to open 30. Wow. And so, and those, and those are books. So that, you know, that is happening. And so now I don't know if we'll have food or people to run those restaurants when we get them open, <laughs> is that but, important? Those, but those doors are going to get open. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there is, I mean, it could be, it could be a lot worse and I'm a, I'm an optimist. So I, I'll focus on the positive. Okay, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, growth is at least something that's positive to talk about. Everybody was talking last year about the Roaring Twenties, and you know, of course, there are all those unpredictable things like all of the multiple surges that have happened and so much. But I mean, are you at least optimistic that in the coming years, once we get through some of these things, like on the back end of this, the restaurant industry feels pretty healthy, right? I mean, just the fact that and the pandemic added so much more to your repertoire of what you can do in your operations, right? Do you feel that? It made us, it made us, um, it made us um, think differently, um, react 10 times quicker. Um, and on the supply chain side, it made us, um, I, I think, uh, treat our um, distributors and manufacturers with more of kid gloves mm. um, where that relationship and I, and I think they talked about it today it was, it's always it's not been adversarial but they certainly we certainly weren't best friends and now we're like we're building relationships upstream in the supply chain um, that I think will help us in the future yeah sure Paul D'Amico CEO of Fuzzy Soccer Shop thanks for taking some time to chat thanks for having me This episode of Takeaway is brought to you in part by California Food Service Instant Rebates. 
you could save up to $4,000 per unit on high-efficiency commercial food service equipment. In this time of need, the industry is building new restaurants and creating new concepts, and it needs equipment. You'll be able to choose from a variety of qualifying products and get valuable instant rebates as a discount on your invoice. No paperwork, no waiting. Find a participating dealer in qualifying products at caenergywise.com slash instant rebates. That's caenergywise.com forward slash instant dash rebates. That was my interview with Fuzzy's Taco Shop CEO, Paul D'Amico. So what should you learn from this interview? Here are my five takeaways. My first takeaway is that there is pent-up demand from franchisees who want to diversify their portfolios. I've had this conversation with a lot of folks in franchising over the last two years, which is that the conditions of the pandemic actually were pretty beneficial to franchising in that a lot more people started looking into it as a potential route for business. But the problem in franchising is you have some folks who maybe can't access the bigger chains in the burger, chicken, sandwich categories, and you have existing franchisees who have those brands but can't expand within those same categories. So what you have here is franchisees who are looking for something new, fresh, different, and within a different menu category than a lot of what exists out there already. For those brands like Fuzzy's Taco Shop that bring this very you know, funky, irreverent taco brand to market, that becomes really appealing to franchisees who are looking to grow. So for a brand like Fuzzy's that has a ton of momentum and their franchising, they are able to, to really access that pent-up demand from franchising and ramp up their growth quickly from those franchisees who are interested in diversifying their portfolio. My second takeaway is that the future holds a lot of opportunity for experiential brands. As Paul talked about with experiential brands, literally this holding company that he's helped to create to acquire new concepts, the idea here is to invest in concepts that are all about the experience, coming in, seeing, tasting, touching, smelling the restaurant all around them. I said in the interview, but it feels a little bit like zigging while others are zagging because We've, of course, seen all of this attention being paid to digital trends, virtual brands, uh, a lot of what uh, a lot of experience that exists more in you know virtual and digital channels than it does in the in-person dine-in experience. But as Paul talks about, you know, the interest is back for consumers. They want to get back out into restaurants and dine in. And if you can give them a great experience, you are going to win them over. He's banking on that with experiential brands. My third takeaway is this, labor is getting better, but there's still a problem with overtime. We'll talk about this on some other conversations that we had at COEX, but it was a common theme among every restaurant executive that I spoke with in Austin. And that was that they're seeing things get better, but they're still having to pay their existing employees a lot in overtime because they can't find new employees and yet sales are booming. So, you know, there's a real issue that's continuing here and we don't really know when it's going to settle out. There's so much uncertainty in the market, but as it stands, restaurants can't find new people to take over those hours. And so they have to give those hours to their existing employees and pay them overtime. You're probably listening to this shaking your head that yes, 
this is exactly what's going on with you too. Let me just say the optimism is there. Paul shared that optimism. Other folks I spoke with at COEX shared that optimism that this situation is getting better, but you just have to kind of buckle in and, uh, and be patient because it's still probably going to take some time. My fourth takeaway is that you should put the customer to work to find some labor efficiencies. So, of course, if you're having trouble finding new employees, if you're having trouble hiring, uh, what you have to do is you have to find ways to make it work with what you've got. Obviously, overtime is one way to do that. But what I like about what Paul talked about with fuzzies is how much, you know, this is already an efficient labor model as it is. It's it's a concept that kind of has a casual dining vibe, but there are not servers out on the floor. That's because they put the customer to work. You can go up to the bar, order food, order a drink, and then when your name is called, you walk up to the expo window to pick it up yourself. What does that look like for your concept? How can you put your customer to work to do what maybe employees would have done before? That could be a great way to find some of those labor efficiencies. My fifth and final takeaway is that the consumer is more forgiving than usual when it comes to the modifications that you have to make because of labor and supply chain. So again, we're seeing this all across the board. Restaurants are increasing prices because of their issues with cost increases in supply. Uh, they're also struggling to find labor. And with all of this, they're, they're changing their store hours. They're changing their menu, scaling back the size of their menu. These things in normal times would be a serious no-no to the customer. They would be The customer would be frustrated. They would complain. And while some of that might still be going on, I do keep hearing from restaurant leaders, and I heard several times in Austin that, the consumer is forgiving right now. They're seeing it at all of their favorite businesses. They understand that the world is in a precarious place right now, that there's a lot of uncertainty, that we still have issues uh, you know, with us because of the pandemic. And they will forgive you for any changes that you have to make. <laughs> Don't go too crazy, but just know that the customer, especially your loyal guests, they're riding along with you and they'll still support you even though you have to make some modifications. Those are all my takeaways for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe to Takeaway wherever you listen to podcasts and to leave your feedback. You can also email me at sam.okus at informa.com. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next week.